This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. So the other night I went out to a bar and a friend of mine told me something shocking. He told me that he was no longer interested in playing jazz. He was no longer passionate about it. And he was actually even turning down jazz gigs. He's a professional musician. So this was very shocking to me. But let's go ahead before I go into all that. And back up a little bit. So first of all, uh, the fact that I was at a bar is actually kind of significant because for those of you who've been listening to the podcast over the last you know half a year or so, you might know that I am a new dad and my daughter is five months old. And for anyone who's had a child before, a young child, well, you don't really go out very often. Well, certainly in my case, in the first five months, like I'm not leaving my wife and daughter behind very often. I mean, we're getting there. Uh, but going out for a night with my friends, like this was a big thing. My wife was like, hey, Brent, you need to get out, right? You need to go on a guy's night out. You've been stuck inside with us way too much. It's time for you to get out of there. And I thought to myself, hey, that's actually a great idea. So I got on to the subway and I did the trip all the way over to Brooklyn, right? All the way to Brooklyn in New York City. I get out of the train in New York City and it's, it's a light is shining on my face, right? This is this is my guy's night out. There's no babies screaming or crying. It's 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 just like, what is this new life that I'm about to experience here? So I get to the bar sit down. My friend's there. Uh, he is, not only is a manager at this bar, he is a pro musician, right? And honestly, a pro jazz musician, at least that's what I thought he was until he broke this news to me tonight. I mean, I've played with this particular musician many, many years, many, many times. We've known each other since college. So it was great to see him, uh, great to reconnect. But like I said, about, you know, an hour into our time together before some of our other friends were due to show up, he told me that he's no longer interested in playing jazz. He's not passionate about it and he's turning down gigs. And he goes on to tell me that he's been playing a lot of rock and pop gigs. He's been in his own personal free time doing a lot of electronic music and that he's excited about it and he's having a great time and all of this, right? And we then went into this conversation about what does that mean to no longer be interested in jazz, right? Like, what does that mean for him that he's no longer excited about playing it? I mean, after all, I know this guy. He studied this music for years. He studied with some of the best uh, jazz musicians around in New York City. He spent thousands of hours practicing jazz, like learning from the greats, following the tradition, learning how to swing, doing all this stuff that I talk about on this podcast. He's been doing it for years and years and years really hard. And so to hear this kind of is a big deal. Like what what, what happened and what's the big change around 
this not being interested in playing jazz before. Now, I guarantee you, if you clicked in on this episode today and you're listening, the reason why you're still listening at this very moment right now is probably because at some point in time, or even right now, you felt the exact same way my friend feels right now. Like you were just like, hey, you know what? I used to be really into jazz. I used to be all excited about studying it. And now I'm just not really into it anymore. And perhaps you're listening still because there's a twinge of guilt that you feel around this. Like you gave up or you should still be interested in jazz or what happened? The something that I used to be so excited about, it's no longer the same for me as it was before. Now, the reasons why you may not be passionate about jazz anymore, I mean, they could be numerous, right? It could be simply that you were kind of newer to jazz and you're interested in it, but you're finding that as you're trying to learn it and trying to play it, there's so many challenges associated with it that you're feeling frustrated. Or perhaps you just don't have the time to practice like you wanted to and you're not getting the results uh, as fast as you would like. And so you're just getting demotivated from the very idea of not making progress the way you want to be making progress. It could be that you know you were really into jazz, listening to lots of jazz, playing a lot of jazz, but then all of a sudden you started really getting getting into another style of music or playing a lot of a different style of music. And suddenly that became more exciting to you. And therefore your time spent with jazz diminished over months or even years, right? It it could be just that you burned yourself out, right? You did it for so long, you're into it for so long that suddenly you just have done something so many times that it's not as exciting anymore. Or perhaps even... The honest truth is your tastes have just changed, right? Like you just don't listen to jazz or play jazz anymore and feel that same excitement that you used to. So like, here's an example for me, right? Like when I was a kid, I loved those York peppermint patties. You know what I'm talking about? They came in that little silver single serve package And they had this chocolate coating on the outside. And the inside was this incredibly sweet, incredibly intense, minty, gelatinous material, right? And I just loved eating those as a kid. I mean, I'm talking when I was like 10 years old, right? I loved this. So my parents would always buy me them. Um, my, my, My friend's parents, right, they... They, they knew that I liked that. So they would, you know, they would have provide me them sometimes. Now, obviously, uh, <laughs> I'm no longer 10 years old, but I, I moved away from where I grew up a long time ago. So I actually don't see a lot of these people other than my parents at least once a year. I don't see them very often, right? But even my parents, sometimes it's they're stuck with who I was when I was a kid. And so I'll come back to uh, visit my hometown and someone will be like, oh, I got you one of these York peppermint patties because I know you like them so much. Or, hey, I know you like this so much, so that's why we're making this for dinner. And the reality is I absolutely do not like those things anymore at all. I am not interested in eating them. In fact, I'd probably take one bite of it and just kind of go, oh gosh, this is this is hideous. I really don't like those anymore, right? But it's kind of funny how that is, right? So I was once really excited about these certain things, but then I I just changed, right? Like I grew up, 
I experienced different things. I tried different foods. I had, I, you know, I, I met different kinds of people and that's what life is. You just sort of change, right? Your tastes and things change over time. And so talking more with my friend about this, it really seems like that's kind of just what has happened. Like he spent so much of his life working on this music and playing this music and making it all about it, right? Like everything he was trying to do was revolving around playing jazz and being excited about jazz and playing gigs professionally as a jazz musician. And over time, suddenly the things that he was doing over and over again monotonously became less interesting, right? All of us can really relate to that. Like if we do something over and over and over and over again forever, unless you're a very exceptional person, you can get kind of tired of doing that same activity, right? Now, there's obviously plenty, tons of examples of people who started playing jazz seriously when they were very young and are now 70, 80 years old and are still just as excited about it. But again, with my friend, it's a classic case of not that I've outgrown it, but I just, I'm interested in other kinds of music now, right? And so... I'm not really going out and listening to a bunch of jazz records. I'm not really going out and trying to take all the jazz gigs anymore or networking and doing jam sessions and so on and so forth, right? And in a way, that happened to me to an extent, not about not being as passionate about jazz anymore or excited to play it, but I used to gig all the time, right? I used to always go out to the late night jam sessions and I used to try to, uh, you know, communicate and network with other musicians because, you know, that's what I really want to do. I wanted to be a professional performing musician and I did that for a while, right? But then my life changed, right? I got a wife, now I have a child. You know, I'm not interested in working all day and then working all night and living that same lifestyle anymore, right? In other words, my life just changed. So, at this point in the podcast, I'm sure you're either going, hey, Brent, I can totally relate to your friend. I'm just not feeling as excited about jazz anymore, and that's why I'm listening to this. And if that's you right now, you're probably like, great, Brent's now going to give me the top 10 ways to get excited about jazz again. And here's the reality. This episode is not about that. In this episode, I'm not going to tell you why you should still be excited about jazz or why you still should be passionate about jazz. I'm going to talk to you the same way and have a conversation in the same way with the way me and my friend had our conversation around this subject matter. And that is that there's absolutely nothing wrong with no longer being interested in jazz or wanting to pursue it any further. (laughs) Okay, I'll say that one more time for dramatic emphasis. There is nothing wrong with no longer being interested in jazz, wanting to play other styles of music, and just not getting excited about it anymore. Now, this is a strange thing for someone who makes his living on this podcast through our Inner Circle membership where I teach other people how to play jazz, and my job is to try to get you excited about playing jazz. This could be kind of some strange advice, and you know, any of the business folk in the listenership right now are going, this was not a good business strategy, Brent, Talks, giving this advice on the podcast. You should have stuck with the 10 reasons why you should get back into jazz again. But here's the thing that I really want to talk about when it comes to this subject matter. Because like I said, whether it's jazz, whether it's music, whether it's anything in your life, 
at some point you're bound to want to do something else. You're bound to get a little bit tired. Like you're going to need to keep things fresh no matter what it is in order to stay passionate. And sometimes you have to find other things that you're more passionate about in the moment to fill up your time rather than the same thing, right? And that doesn't mean that you're not going to come back to it again. In fact, if you are so excited and passionate about something at one point in your life, it's likely that if you fall off of it for a while, you may come back again. Like I hear about this all the time from some of our inner circle members who, um, you know, maybe when they were much younger, learned how to play an instrument and then their life got in the way, kids, a job, et cetera, et cetera. And they just stopped playing an instrument for a while. But then all of a sudden they reach their 50s or their 60s and they're like, hey, you know what? Let me pick up an inst- that instrument again. Like that, Remember how great that was? Like, let's, let's bring that back. I have time for it now. And they bring back the instrument and then they come to me, right? So I hear about that all the time. So that definitely can happen to you with jazz, right? So we should keep that in mind as I go forward in this conversation. But there's nothing to be done for you in order to get more interested in jazz again, right? Like trying to force yourself to get passionate about playing jazz again, that's probably not going to be a winning strategy. Now, the one caveat I will say around this is, have you ever really wanted something, but because you knew it was hard, you avoided it and therefore you weren't excited about doing it. However, the moment that you got back into it and started doing it, you got excited about it again, right? Uh, Classic examples are like working out. A lot of people, if you're not working out or exercising frequently, the idea of doing it sounds amazing. You want to be that person, but you're just avoiding it because you know it's hard or you know that the barrier to get to a point where you're happy with exercising is kind of a steep climb, right? But as soon as you actually get back into doing it, all of a sudden exercising becomes addicting to the point where for me, I kind of don't feel great when I don't exercise in a while. Like something inside of me just feels off, right? And, you know... Uh, an, an example for me also is a huge goal of mine is to learn another language, right? I only know one language. I only know English, um, but my family is Greek. My wife is Greek and her family is Greek and we want our daughter to be able to speak uh, Greek. So over the last five, six years, I guess I've been married to my wife for seven years now. You know, I've tried to learn a little bit of Greek. I'll sometimes dive deep into an app or a course or something like that, get a little bit of training and I'll gain some ground and I'll be super excited about it and I'll start getting really excited about the progress I'm making, but then something will derail it, right? Like my life just gets busy somewhere else and I can't give it my time and effort anymore. And because learning a new language like learning jazz or music is a difficult task to do, right? If you're trying to do it at a high level, you get demotivated and not as passionate about the idea anymore until once again, you're on the sidelines and you're like, ah, I should get back into that. And then you do, right? So I'm saying all this just to say as this caveat is that sometimes you're not passionate about it because you just are afraid to get into the weeds and actually put the work in to get to that point where you're like, oh yeah, this is actually fun. Like this is fun to work on. Right. But outside of this caveat, there is nothing for you to do 
other than to do what you actually want to do musically or not musically, right? Because you're really doing a disservice to yourself and certainly a disservice to your musical improvement if you're not actually enjoying yourself while you're doing it, right? Um, when we're having fun with what we're doing, what we're learning, what we're practicing, that's when we're usually making the most improvements. That's usually when we're you know, feeling the most motivated. And that's, I talk about this all the time to my inner circle members, like when we're working on things and, you know, something lights you up that, that we're practicing in the inner circle that you're really excited about this etude, the solo, this particular jazz standard we're studying, or this particular resource or something gets you excited, then forget about all the other stuff and just focus on doing that. Right. Right. So all of that to be said, there's nothing to be done. Right. But here's the conversation I really did have with my friend and what was apparent in our conversation when we're talking about the the new things that he's working on in music is that him studying jazz, especially to the depth that he studied jazz, completely transformed and opened up hundreds of doors musically for him for bringing him to where he is today with what he's working on now, the kind of music he's playing, right? And the level at which he is playing that music, right? Because he studied jazz, he is an exponentially better musician. He's learned so much. In fact, he was talking a little bit to me about like one reason why jazz is institutionalized, meaning that it's taught in schools, at least here in the United States it is, um, it, you can get a degree on it in college. It's because it has so much depth as far as music theory goes, as far as virtuosity being developed on your instrument, as far as hearing music and sounds, that it will undoubtedly, if you study jazz at any capacity, elevate all the other things that you want to play and you want to work on. I mean, one just simple example I can give you is uh, there's one time when I was still teaching private lessons, no longer do that, haven't been doing that for years. I had a rock guitarist who was in um, a local rock band who came to me for a lesson because a friend uh, had ref- a friend who played with me who was in his band had referred him to me, right? And we sat down together and kind of got a feel for what he was working on, like the kind of music he was doing and, you know, his abilities on the instrument, right? Well, I just started teaching him some simple stuff that for a jazz musician is super common and important. And I was just teaching him triad inversions, right? How to He was a guitar player. I'm a guitar player. How to play triad inversions all over the neck. Now, jazzers, like even horn players, but like certainly guitar players and piano players, we work a lot on chord inversions, drop two voicings, um, different adding different color tones to voicings, you know, things like this, because that is so important to the art form, right? Color, extensions, harmonic movement, um, voice leading, all that's really important to the art form, right? So just this basic concept of triads and inversions, the different qualities of triads and so on and so forth. I started showing him how to do this and this huge light bulb went off. This guy was like, oh my gosh, he went and he recomposed half of the songs to include the different voicings that he was learning. And it 
immediately elevated his music because I'm a jazz, uh, a jazz trained musician, right? I have this knowledge and I was sharing it with someone who is not a jazz trained musician. And this opened up a world for him. And I guarantee you, if we would have continued doing more, it would have opened up even more worlds to him, right? And again, it didn't open up worlds for him in the jazz realm. Like he didn't start learning bebop. He didn't start working on Charlie Parker solos, right? He didn't start learning, um, you know, Duke Ellington tunes. He literally just took concepts that are commonplace within jazz, music theory to, that is commonplace in jazz. And he started applying that in his own way to his own style of music, right? So studying jazz in any capacity, even if you do it for one year on the side, is a great idea. So if you're a musician listening right now who is listening to this podcast because you're kind of just interested in jazz and, you know, it sounds interesting to me, but can it help me? And the answer is 100% it will help you. Again, because there are so many things within the style of jazz that require knowledge of music theory, that require great ears. Improvisation, which jazz is, that is really the big thing about jazz, right? Improvisation. Improvisation is a huge door for opening up musical skills. So getting good at improvising over chord changes is huge for composing, huge for musical development, huge for creativity purposes as a musician. So talking to my friend about all this, it it wasn't a, a sad conversation, right? It wasn't a conversation of like, you know, RIP jazz, right? Or, hey, you know, well, that was a waste of my life. Of course, th- that, uh, that wasn't even close to the conversation we were having, right? The conversation was like, look at all this cool music I'm working on right now. And yeah, I'm not that into the tradition of jazz at this moment. But what's clear and obvious is look at all the things I can do because of my time when I was passionate about jazz, when I was studying jazz, right? You know, it's inescapable for him. He will always be a jazz trained musician, right? And when we listen to a lot of the great um, musicians these days, like we hear lots of great jazz trained musicians, right? We don't have to even call them jazz musicians, right? Or what is jazz? We don't even have to have that conversation because oftentimes what you're hearing in modern day pop, modern day R&B, even hip hop, um, and certainly even rock at times as you're actually hearing musicians that are jazz trained, right? And that helps these musicians play music at a different level. They're not playing what we traditionally called jazz, where you got swing going on and you got the head, you got the soloing and you got the head out, right? They're not playing that, but the way they approach the style of music they're playing comes from a jazz trained background. The same as the way a classically trained musician is going to approach something is going to be different. I talked about a few, several episodes ago um, about non-jazz music I listen to that I really like. So one of the bands I mentioned was this pro- prog metal, prog rock group called Dream Theater. And Dream Theater has a piano player named Jordan Rudess. Okay, Jordan Rudess 
he's a, a prodigy piano player. I think he went to Juilliard when he was like 17 or 18 or some, something weird like that, 19 years old. Um, and he, he's just an amazing piano player. And he went, I, he went and he studied classical piano, right? Now he plays prog metal, which sounds completely different, right? Um, but the way that he approaches playing that music, you can very much so tell in his technique, in the way he expresses his improvisations and his composed solos, you can tell that he comes from that background. You cannot separate the classically trained musician from the prog metal musician, right? That he is now. Okay. Same with, same with a, a musician who is jazz trained. So what I want to just say with all of this is what are you going to do if you're no longer passionate about jazz? There's nothing to be done, my friends, other than the caveats I mentioned earlier. There's nothing to feel bad about. You know what I mean? For all the reasons I mentioned earlier, right? They're for the same reason that I no longer like to eat York peppermint patties anymore, right? There's nothing to be done. Uh, you may come back to jazz. Um, I hope you do, but you don't have to. And there's nothing, no reason why you would need to if that's not what you want to do. But what is unescapable that you will never be able to escape now that you've studied jazz in any capacity is that training that you received as a jazz musician. And what I can say for those of you who are listening to this episode and are like, well, I'm very passionate about jazz. I'm very excited. Certainly a lot of my inner circle members who are listening to this are very excited, very passionate about jazz. Well, then this should just serve to you as a reminder that doesn't matter where you end up on your musical journey. The stuff you're doing now, the fun hopefully you're having right now studying and learning jazz is going to exponentially improve you as a musician as a whole so that no matter what music you end up going to, whether you go to other styles of music or not, or you play jazz and another style of music, or you exclusively play another style of music, or you exclusively play jazz, this is all helping you. You're always going to be a jazz musician. So don't worry if you're not feeling passionate about jazz anymore. Just remember the immense lessons that you're learning from playing jazz right now. Enjoy the ride, enjoy music, and do what lights you up. All right, that's all for today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate having you. Hey, by the way, if you want some help with your jazz playing, if you want to improve your jazz playing, I'm here to help you. Go to ljsinnercircle.com. Check out our Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle membership. We learn a new jazz standard every single month. It is a ton of fun. We have over a thousand very excited very passionate musicians playing all sorts of instruments in there. And we just have a riot. So ljsinnercircle.com, that's where you can sign up. All right, we're going to have another quick win episode of the podcast this upcoming Friday. Cheers, happy practicing, and we'll see you back then. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by learnjazzstandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes. And don't forget to join our jazz community at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash newsletter.
Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.